2: Hi, I'm Lindsay Levinson, and you are listening to Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. Today's an exciting day. This is the first day the show is launching, and I'm really excited about it. And I look forward to the future of knowing you listeners and building a relationship. And I hope that you will find opportunities to call in, write in, follow us, and I'll give you some addresses along the way to do that. But I just really want to graciously say hello, and nice to meet you. I am a life coach, and so what's this show about? Illuminating Now. It can mean a couple things, and it's a little bit of a play on words, and for a reason. So part of it is its is we're in this moment. We need to illuminate. We need to take a look at a different, in a different way, maybe a different perspective, maybe just shine a light on something right now. Are you in pain? Are you in trouble? Do you just want to like your life more? So we should take a look at that right now, you know? So that's part of what that is. And Illuminating Now is sort of, it's time in this world. I think as a as a world, we need to start shining a light on just all of us in combination. And so it's sort of a movement toward Illuminating Now and taking a look at things. And as a coach, it's life. So I want you to know that this show is really about everything. I certainly have subject matter set out, but it's... It's about everything, and it's about things that sometimes are hard to talk about or feel a little taboo. But please know there's nothing taboo on the show. So sexuality, you know, how do we know? How do we know what sex we are, what sex we like, or what that means to us? And if we know something, but we feel shame, who should we tell? These are hard and difficult things in relationships. Which ones in our life work? Family? Friends? Colleagues? Kids? Any? Any? Do you have a lover in your life? You know, these are things, again, that sometimes we push to the side when they're hard, but we should dissect these a bit. And mostly, I want to help all of us find our best way to self-esteem and purpose. And we all deserve to have an identity. So that's life, right? Like, that's life. It's, it's everything. It includes everything. And so remember, nothing's taboo. I welcome your emails. Let me go ahead and throw you the email address for sure, which is lindsay244 at sbcglobal.net. That's lindsay244 at sbcglobal.net. So please feel free to write me about this show or anything you'd like to hear in the future. I will tell you that because this is the first show, I'm choosing to focus a little more on connection with you all, letting you get to know me a little bit and credibility. And so we will default to email on this show. There'll be live callers on future shows, and that will certainly be a way I'd love to get to know you all. For this show, if you want to contact me on anything discussed, and again, anything in your head at all, feel free to at thelindsay244 at sbcglobal.net. But I want to try to build some consistency and some momentum and let you decide how you feel about the show. So that's why we're going to go ahead and default to email for this time. In the next hour, we're going to discuss some issues that aren't always easy to talk about. So mental illness. And not just as a diagnostic issue in the world, but we're gonna talk a little bit about who, you know, what defines a mental illness and honestly pose the question, what defines a genius? And might they be the same? Are they the same? Are they always? Never? So, what is brilliance? How does that play into the formula of how we pose these questions? Is there normal behavior? You know, do we know what that is? Do we know how to act normal? Do we know what normal is for someone else? Is normal best? So, we're going to talk through this, and I am going to give you uh, Lindsay's life secret in this show. You know, I'm going to call them nuggets sometimes. You know, they're the gold nuggets that I want you to pay real close attention to when we land there. But mostly on this show and the future shows, uh, let's stimulate thinking. Let's go through posing questions together and see where we land. And I'm really interested in how you think and feel during. And after the show. So please do be in touch. You can also follow at Twitter.com slash Illuminating Now. And Facebook is also Illuminating Now. So let me start by saying society labels us. American society, we label each other. No one's, do, no one's doing anything to us, but we uh, culturally... We label, and I'm in the category of mental illness, so I want to be really clear again, there's lots of labels of injustice. But in the areas of mental illness, it's not unlikely to hear someone say, oh, my gosh, that person, moody, all over the place, crazy, bipolar for sure. Were you at the movies last night? That guy was, like, yelling out profanities and really nasty words. Oh, my God, total Tourette's, right? Um, though that person never comes to any of the social parties at work. I mean, he never comes to anything. He doesn't even come out for lunch. Total depression. You know, we use this terminology and in many cases we really don't know what we're talking about, but we know what we know. So we've learned something. Like, for example, Tourette's isn't, I mean, profanities can be a piece of that, but it's much more complex and it's got to do with motor tics and vocal tics and simplex and complex and how many and you know there's a whole criteria so what we think we know may not warrant us labeling someone else because they're yelling some dirty words out but it's it's our culture you know and mental illness is a part of it and there's also the part where we actually somebody is diagnosed so I'm including both of those in what we're talking about today maybe somebody comes to work and says guys I'm bipolar I am moody. You are going to have to face it, you know. But anytime that person gets angry, everyone looks at each other. Up ah, bipolar, you know, or a parent tells the classroom about a child with Tourette's. But you know, then when the child does things, everyone giggles. And so, I guess I am going to talk about a sort of cycle labels, which is what we do with mental illness or things like that. There is a stigma, and with that stigma comes judgment. And reaction. And so that's important to know. That's what I'm talking about. Labels, stigma, judgment, reaction, launching a cycle. Okay, so what is that cycle? Let's think about that. If diagnosed, we react. I mean, if, if we are diagnosed, we react ourselves if we have to tell people or should we tell people. So it's just there's not a lot of acceptance. There's not a lot of tolerance. So a lot of people have to keep things to themselves or not even get a diagnosis because nothing great can come of that sort of in, in the theory I'm presenting, which is we don't like socially unacceptable situations. We don't like them with toddlers and childrens and teens, and we don't like them with adults. So if it's a socially unacceptable situation, um, that's stressful. What if it's a social disaster? What if someone's doing something really terrible and everyone is just mortified? You know, We want to get away from that. We want to avoid it. We want to run away. Or we would like to maybe punish somebody, make them pay for that, or maybe even medicate. If it's a child or an adult, that person needs medication. And please know that this show is not about medication. I'm all for it if you need it. Uh, I think it serves fantastically as needed. But this show is about us trying to understand more about what's really going on with this, these socially unacceptable situations rather than just judging. So then I pose the question about the genius. And I want to ask you, you know, what do you think a genius is? And could a genius be the same person who's mentally ill? Could a mentally ill person that you're very aware of be a genius? So what's interesting is, with genius comes status, and with mental illness comes stigma. So that's different. Could they be one and the same? We know that a little child who's doing great gets that star in school. Parents are rooting for him. You know, gets those hundred percent, A plus, blah blah. You know, we know how to be really proud and be. And I mean, if I told you there was a genius on this show every week for the next <laughs> however many weeks, that'd be exciting if um, I said mentally ill, you might be interested, but the status and prestige would not necessarily be there. So my question is, I'm going to call this brilliance of the brain. What if I had a ma- magic wand? And what if I could say to you, you know what? I've got some brilliance of the brain. Want some? <laughs> You're going to think, oh, yeah, sounds good. would love it. Right? Like there's a positive thing, brilliance of the brain. But what if the brilliance of the brain is is too much? What if it's overloaded? What if it's unstructured and disorganized? So if I gave you that magic wand and I waved that and gave you that, we'd think that was a gift. You'd be saying, thank you. And I'd be saying, right, lucky. I gave you some brilliance of the brain. There's your gift. But if it's too much and if it's disorganized, it's a burden. And it It's a concern if it's a burden because we all have to be stimulated. I mean, I don't care intelligent or not, but I'm certainly focusing back to the intelligence is that intelligence calls out for stimulation. It calls out for creativity. We must answer it. So if it's disorganized and you don't know what's going on quite often, you might not get a very good result with that. And things could go awry pretty quickly. So, I think it's important to consider these questions, and I think that these. As I go through this show, I won't just be asking hard questions and leaving us, you know, in a place where we're tormented. Um, there's more to how this rolls out, and I think it's really important to pay close attention to some of the things that are going to be coming up here. I do want to read you, and I have some articles that I, I hope I can post for you, or I plan to get them onto some of the places that you guys can join me. But this in, uh, Stanford University did a study, and they did a creativity breakdown. And they said that new research from the Department of Psychiatry shows that usually creative people excuse me, unusually, let's, let's key in on that. That's not the that's not word to mis- make a mistake on. Unusually creative people share traits with the mentally ill. And then they list below some traits and they talk about, for example, with artists. They're open to experience. They are fantasy-oriented. Um, they have impulsivity. They might even have a lack of conscientiousness, anxiety, affective illness, emotional sensitivity, But they also have drive and ambition, sometimes noted for hostility and aloofness, unfriendliness. So those are some things around the artists and around the scientists. It talks about openness to experience, flexibility, some of the same drive and ambition, but also a lot of autonomy and introversion and independence, which again can be perceived as unfriendly or arrogant. So it's interesting that that Stanford wrote about this, and there were many articles. And as I said, I'm going to reference a few in this, and I'm going to talk to you about a few. But I really want to be able to understand and get to the heart of not just genius versus mental illness, that simplifying it, but truly understanding the workings of the brain and why we as a culture and we as a society don't take this more seriously to really understand what's happening in someone's brain. So we are going to go off to commercial and I want to let you know a couple of the addresses that I mentioned prior, but one address I haven't mentioned yet is Lindsay. Actually the email address is Lindsay, which I know I mentioned two four four at sbcglobal.net, but I also want you to take a look at qualityforlifecoaching.com. There's no numbers in that, all words together, qualityforlifecoaching.com. And that's a comprehensive website that offers up a lot of information in various areas we'll cover through these shows. And then, as I mentioned prior, Illuminating Now is the Facebook address and Twitter You can either just do the at sign Illuminating Now or you can do twitter.com slash Illuminating Now. So those are the different places to take a look and to be able to reach me. And for this show, again, I can't uh, reiterate strong enough that I'd love to hear through email from any of you. But we will take a commercial break and we will be back shortly. You're listening to Illuminating Now, Lindsay Levinson, Lindsay Life Secrets. And you're on the Variety Channel at VoiceAmerica.com.
3: Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast all the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. and protecting your private, personal data from government intrusion. Tune in to Libertarians Working For You with Carla Howell, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety.
0: Want to help make our world a better place, but not sure where to start? Tune in to Better Worldians Radio, with the creators of the social game on Facebook called A Better World. Join hosts Ray, Mary Sue, and Gregory Hansel, who will inspire you to make a big difference in small ways. They'll speak to experts, authors, volunteers, and everyday people who are changing the world daily. Better Worldians Radio is heard live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Variety.
3: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk voiceamerica.com
1: You are tuned in to Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. To connect with Lindsay or her guest, please call in to the show at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to lindsay244 at sbcglobal.net. That's l-i-n-z-i-244 at sbcglobal.net. Now, back to Illuminating Now.
2: Hi, this is Lindsay Levinson. I'm back, and we are listening to Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. And you're on the Variety Channel at Voice America. So thanks for listening. And I'm appreciating you coming back because I want to talk more about where we were. We were talking about mental health and mental illness. We were talking about society and labels and stigma and then stigma leading to judgment and reaction. And then we talked about a cycle of how do we get in it? How do we get out of it? We also then pose the question about a genius and the uniqueness that there is status and prestige with a genius. And yet that whole stigma and judgment with someone who is mentally compromised in some way. So it's it's a question of can they be the same? Are they the same? Are we doing anything different in the world that's changing how this is all going? So, you know, start with the question, what is brilliant mind. What's in a brilliant mind? How do we know the mind is brilliant? When do we know? You know, how can that be established? So one of the ways I think we would just naturally say, well, as children, we can see certain children are really smart. They do get A's on all their tests. They do really well in everything they do. You know, they're they're just fantastic. We can just see that. Just they excel. Stellar. And we can also see, and, and, and if that happens, we're very proud, of course. Everybody's proud of that child. Now, if it presents negatively, then we're certainly not calling them brilliant. If they are unique and doing things different and have a different way and don't really want to go the regular route, and they're probably badly behaved. We really need to get them in line. And that could be punishment. It could be medication. It depends what we're talking about. So I say... Let's, let's study a little mental health or a little mental disorder group. I mean, let's study Tourette's, let's study Asperger's, let's study autism. And I'm saying study it in the sense of let's just throw that those, let's say that these children really are diagnosed and they're in our classrooms and they're in our lives and they're in our families, but we still want to tame them to the behavior that is normal. So if that person with Tourette's, again, could be yelling profanities, that could be something, and it could be a child. But they could also, again, when I told you complex and simplex and motor and vocal, so, I mean, a kid could be doing a circles dance, and the teacher says, everybody sit down, and the kid can't sit down. He's doing a circles dance, and he circles and circles and circles and falls. And then he gets up and does it again, and then again, right? So what if those moments when that child just will not sit down, and we are frustrated. What if that's an actual opportunity? What if that's brilliance trying to get out to be cultivated? It's a moment. That child is doing something unique wired by the brain. And so it is with autism and Asperger's. There are different ways it can present. But what if brilliance is needing to be cultivated, not medicated? And I say again, you know, medication's not the issue because if it's not medication, it's often punishment, but we do something. We feel we must do something if people don't act within the norm. But outside the norm, those are the giant opportunities. We should be looking for those. Those are giant opportunities, and we are wanting to understand it. And I think that mostly, you know, no one person can have a show, and nobody could have a million shows, and, and solve all the world's problems. But the goal should be that we do things maybe better, just better ourselves. But what's a better way to think about this if if we would consider that these kids might be really brilliant, but we are really getting them in trouble a lot. So I say, you know, we should look at them closer. We should understand them. Really. I mean, literally understand why are you doing that circle dance? That's interesting. Not with judgment, not stop it. What are you doing? But more, that's so interesting. I mean, the whole class is sitting down and you're not. So, you're doing something different. What's making you do that? And is it any kind of stress or do you have a reason that you love to do that? What's your reason? I'm interested. So, we should be talking to people. But as I said earlier, remember, an overload of brilliance is an overload of brilliance that is disorganized, that is a burden. So have some compassion for anyone that's doing things that are outside the norm. You know, they may not know what to do for stimulation. But again, if a child cuts up the cat next door, God forbid, if it burns the field down down the street, climbs in mom's purse to take her money when, of course, doesn't need the money, that's stimulation. You know, it's channeled in a way that can play out in a negative ending. But they're, they're stimulating their brain with these plans. So, you know, kids can do kid things. And then the next thing you know, there's someone building a bomb. There's someone shooting off the top of a school. There's someone that's a serial killer. So, again, there's still some stimulation of the mind that is being cultivated in that person's head. But if it's not organized, what do we land with on that one? So this show is not just to say, oh, well, too bad. This stuff's scary. What do we do? you know sorry guys okay see you next week i mean that's you know the show is about change illuminating now can we take a look can we shine a light on something and see if there's something we can do a change individual or as community but i think that we could reduce the ramifications of brilliance when it plays out bad you know how many fires how many bombs how many just what we call kids behaving badly we could change and here's a question here are some questions for you. How come a two-year-old's not bombing a building? How come a seven-year-old is not figuring out the serial killer plan? Or an eight-year-old's not with a rifle? And I and I don't make light of this. I mean, there is humor because I use humor to get through life, the light and the dark side. But I am saying, how come? The young children aren't doing it. Well, they're not developed enough. I mean, we all would kind of giggle at that. They're not developed. They don't even know. They could never put together a plan. They wouldn't have the courage. They certainly don't have the means to do it. But the bigger question is, when then did the ones with the mental illness or a genius that's got an overload a brilliance and is disorganized, you know, when did they get old enough to actually do the crimes that are innately the opposite of human life? of human health. And when I say innately the opposite, I'm saying we as humans, we learn to live. We are wired to cope. We are wired to survive. We are wired to preserve. We are wired to protect each other in a crisis. I mean, how does somebody get the strength to lift a car off somebody when they're in a crisis? You know, we have an innate instinct to survive and persevere. So something's going very wrong if the stimulation in someone's brain can be found at the hand of taking other lives or strategic crimes, but you can understand how that could be stimulating. So, you know, it's important to really think about, again, is there anything we can do for change? And we're going to talk more about that, but I really, I really want to try to open your minds there was an article in Psychology Today in 2011, and it talked about Vincent Van Gogh, and that's certainly not an unfamiliar name. And it talked about the connection between the genius and the mental illness, and that he knew, and his family knew, and we all know he mutilated his ear, but do we know he suffered severe depression? Do we know he entered an asylum? Do we know he shot himself when he was 37 at the height of his career? His best work ever was what he was producing when that happened. So that's a tortured genius. And so that's just one of so very many. But I ask you to consider that there is something more we might be able to do that could change how this plays out. And so... I want to address some ideas, some thoughts, some questions, and see where, where you guys weigh in on. And we are going to go to commercial, and we are going to come back. And I did let you know that I hope that you email me, lindsay244 at sbcglobal.net, and of course, at Twitter, twitter.com slash illuminating now, and our Facebook is illuminating now. So please do hit us up. This is intense and controversial kind of subject matter. So I want you to feel comfortable to talk it through. And I want to hear what you think for sure about this show. And again, any ideas for future shows in the meantime, we will take a break and be back shortly. You're listening to Lindsay Levinson illuminating. Now Lindsay's live secrets.
3: Dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you're listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific time, Valerie Kirkhart and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkhart every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. In today's society, there is just too much competition. Women are taking on the same roles as men, they're working side by side, competing for the same positions. What is happening? This is transferring to how men and women feel about each other and relationships. We're delaying marriages or not even getting married at all. It's time to go back to basics. Listen for this groundbreaking show with host Naftali Schwartz. But it's not really that groundbreaking. It's just a new way of looking at things. Tune in Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Variety. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com
1: You are tuned in to Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. To connect with Lindsay or her guest, please call in to the show at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to lindsay244 at sbcglobal.net. That's l-i-n-z-i-244 at sbcglobal.net. Now, back to Illuminating Now.
2: Hi, this is Lindsay Levinson. I'm back, and you are listening to Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. We're on the Variety Channel at Voice America, and thank you so much for being here. So we've been talking, and I'm going to continue to review because I don't know exactly when any of you tune in, but we have been talking about the cycle that goes on with mental health, mental illness, and what we might perceive as being badly behaved. And that could go for kids or grown-ups. Again, a lot of my focus on this show is to do with children, and as we approach the end of the show, you'll understand more where I'm headed with what I'm thinking, but we do know that socially unacceptable behaviors are not welcome, really. I mean, generally, we would prefer to avoid the person at the party who we know always makes a ruckus. So again, sometimes it's avoidance, sometimes it's reaction, sometimes it's true action, being like a punishment or something. But just the concept of socially unacceptable Is something we need to take a look at here. And that's when we blended the question about genius. Because a genius is so acceptable. We love a genius. Right? And if you're a parent, you wish you had a genius for a child. And if they are a genius, you're so happy. And I want to meet a genius. I mean a genius is great. Right? So that 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 excitement and that status and that fantastic allure and that you know the fact they're highly revered. So how can we be posing the question that a genius is a mental, a mentally ill individual or that let's just backward, let's go the other direction. That person's mentally ill and we know it. Oh, and they're a genius. You know, it, it, it doesn't necessarily jive with the way that we think and our society goes. But when I shared the part about Vincent van Gogh with you, that's just one example. I mean, Mozart had Tourette's. Sometimes we know these things, sometimes we don't. But... You know, it's a phenomenon that that I'm wording in some different words today to help make sense when I call things a, an overload of brilliance and brilliance of the brain becoming a burden. <laughs> Sounds almost like I'm heading toward tongue twisters here, but I'm really telling you that that's dissecting this a bit. The brilliance is in the brain. The more you have, the more you need stimulation. To meet the need, you know, you've got to sort of meet your own brain where it is. So if it's so smart and so full of genius and brilliance, whatever that is, however we define it, then you're stimulated or you need to be. But I am posing the part about the fact that if it's disorganized, it becomes a burden because you don't know how to stimulate yourself in a way where everyone's not always mad at you. So that's something to consider. And I have brought up the part, That I think is important to hear that when we have these moments where we're positive somebody is annoying us, bothering us, frustrating us, doing it wrong. You know, we're positive of it. How about if we stop right then and quit judging and say, that's an opportunity. You know, this is completely not what I like. That person's ruining my party. This is an opportunity. Now, whether, again, I don't expect kids to handle kids, but but a grown-up to be able to say, hey, you're doing it this way. Everyone's doing it that way. I'm interested in you. You're interesting to me. I'm curious. What would make you do that? And tell me more about what's happening for you right now. So we need to learn to talk to children. And, and when I say it's an opportunity, I then link that, as I did before, to responsibility. So I'm just sort of reviewing for you that that's where we were. But so here's the bigger question. And these questions in my mind keep getting bigger. Who in the world decided... And when did they decide, and for goodness sakes, how did they decide, that the mind does not need attention or potential help or some guided direction for a child to grow up healthy? Who decided that? Because here's the thing. We have to get our kids immunized. They have to be vaccinated. They can't get into school. They can't get into sports. They'll be turned down from camp. They can't go to their activities. You know, we all know that, right? You have to turn in something. And it better be updated on the immunization list. Now, again, am I laughing at that? Do I think that's wrong? No. I mean, that totally makes sense. We need to be safe. It's not just for the other students. It's for all of community. We are having some checkpoints here that allow for safety and allow for health and wellness. And let's just go with the best case scenario. I'm saying if everyone's immunized and everyone's up to date and everyone's, yeah, we're we're creating a best case scenario that people will stay healthy. So we take our kids to the doctor. They have to have a physical yearly. They go to their pediatrician. You know, this is just a standard. So why is it? that they go get a physical, they have anatomical checkups, they get shots, but nobody is aligning or collaborating or integrating mental health. (laughs) The brain is just as important, if not more. And let's face it, if you're sad or depressed or um, you have bipolar, you know what I mean? It takes a toll on your body. Your body won't hold up to it. The immune system can break down based on what is going on in your brain. And let's say you were just sad all I mean, let's say you broke your leg and couldn't walk and couldn't go skiing and couldn't do anything for the next three years. You you know, you might get sad and end up with depression. I mean, I'm just trying to say these are not separate. The wellness comes at the hand of the body and the brain and the mind and the emotions, and it's all connected. But somebody designed a way where we get our kids to go to doctors, get checkups, you know, baby wellness. So I'm saying that why don't we think that at two years old and three years old and four years old and five years old and beyond, I'm just starting with young ages to make it clear that it's absolutely doable, that a child can go and talk to someone in the mental health field. I don't care if it's a psychiatrist, therapist, coach, someone specializes in whatever it is. They can do sand play. They can talk. They can do drama. They can play with puppets. There's so much a child can tell us. Absolutely at two. Probably maybe younger, right? But in the last place that I worked, I had predominantly kids, actually. I think I I had a ratio that the kids were more than the grown-ups that I was... Um, dealing with. And the youngest was four, but I had multiple four year olds and five year olds and six and seven. And I had siblings that came together. And here's the funny thing. These kids would come into the room that I was in. And in that room, it might as well have been Willy Wonka's, you know, playroom part of the house. (laughs) I mean, I would take the kids over and we, I'd say, look at this chest of toys, right? Is this crazy? We can play with all this. And oh my gosh, we got two new Barbies. You got to head over here and check out this house with me. You know, so we'd look at the Barbie and I'd say, and then there's the sandbox. And guess what? We can play with water too, so we can make mud. All right. I'd offer all these options and the kids would look at me at, and I'm saying maybe not the first time, but as I had these kids for a period of time, they said, Lindsay, I need to talk you know, they almost snapped at me like that I should be almost a little um, ashamed. I would suggest that it's a time to play with toys when we have to get down to business. There is talking to be done. There are stressors in their body. They're overwhelmed. They have a lot of anxiety. So, A, they need to get it off their chest with someone that they like or trust. So that's awesome. I mean, that, that they know that and can name that. And then secondly, they really are in hopes of solutions. What if I could come up with something? But a lot of the kids I dealt with came from divorce and broken families, but, you know, they just sit right down, and I'm at the Barbie house, and they're like, get on the couch, sit down. You know, like, I got in trouble, okay? My coat didn't get put in my backpack from the other house, and now now I'm in trouble from that house, and the teacher won't give my homework to the other house. Yeah, This is the kind of stuff, but we had to listen through it, make our way through, calm them down, and come up with some solutions. My main point in that part is to tell you, Kids want to talk. Kids want to talk. And if you let kids talk and take them to people who can understand their brain and can assess it, then people can understand if there's any concerns, you know? And if they see concerns, this kid's always talking about cutting up the cat next door. This kid's talking about, you know, shooting guns at the next door neighbor. I mean, some things are normal, but when they get into the range of a red flag, then we follow that. We have the ability to follow up and and we help each human grow up with the stimulation they need, but we don't leave them alone to figure out their own strategy for stimulation. How in the world can a child figure out how to stimulate his own confused brain? So we don't do this now. We don't shape. We don't sculpt. We don't even really pay attention to the growing mind. Why not? So we need to talk to kids straight up. I think that we can ask just straight up. What's going on? Are you okay? Why are you doing that? That's a unique behavior. That upsets people. We should really get to the bottom of what is inside you. But even if we talk to a child that behaved fantastically and was really smart, that doesn't mean that child's fine. We should check out of that child. We should help them build their esteem, build their identity. If they've behaved good and they've got intelligence, awesome. We have to help them um, learn about themselves, what they love, what they want, what their choices, and how to give back to community. Because the interesting thing about giving to community is that you end up with self-esteem when you do that, and you end up with self-esteem because, number one, you had something to give, so you like yourself because you had something. And number two, you made a choice what to give to. So that felt good because that's a choice. So cultivating the brain in, in any way that adds self-esteem it not only helps the child, it helps the family, it helps their friends, but the gold nugget of today that I'm going to give you, the Lindsay's Life Secret, is it, it helps the world. The world will change literally because of our ability to infuse self-esteem by asking questions, by not focusing on, oh, that's bad behavior, but instead asking very specific questions and working with the child to come up with a strategy. So I hope you hearing me say that an overexcited, sassy child can't come up with his own strategy to behave in a way that would accomplish his greatest potential. But we can help him. So that's a fantastic piece of information. And I'm going to go back to the word responsibility. Then it is our responsibility. And I think to take our responsibility, we have to actually be watching you know that's how you find the opportunities haven't you felt misunderstood haven't you felt completely awkward or like you're not conforming but you know why you're not and why do people get mad at you about that you actually have a belief system around it so the bottom line is that it's important to understand people ask them the key questions know where they're coming from and as the grown-ups start to strategize how they can get stimulated in a place that lands them in wellness so we are about to take another commercial i so thank you for listening and hanging in and it gets good because it's the ending so you're listening to illuminating now Lindsay's life secrets this is lindsey levinson and we will be right back
4: heard Wednesdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Do the adventures of Indiana Jones leave you curious about this exotic and unusual profession? If so, don't miss Indiana Jones Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology with Dr. Joseph Schuldenrein.
3: Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com.
1: You are tuned in to Illuminating Now Lindsay's Life Secrets. To connect with Lindsay or her guest, please call in to the show at 1 866 472 5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to lindsay244 at sbcglobal.net. That's linzi I two four four at sbcglobal.net. Now, back to Illuminating Now.
2: Hi, this is Lindsay Levinson. Welcome back. You're listening to Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. And you're on the Variety Channel at voiceamerica.com. So thanks for listening, because we've gone through a lot today. And I want to remind you that my email is lindsay244 at sbcglobal.net. That's l-i-n-z-i-244 at sbcglobal.net. So while we didn't take live callers on this show, and we will in the future, I'm super interested in anything that you have to say and I would love to hear from you. So do feel free to email and of course follow us on Twitter and Facebook. So we've been talking about let's just draw some correlating threads here and tie back to where we were opportunities to notice if someone's behaving different, removing judgment and anger because it's not an opportunity. If you're if you're judging and mad, it's I guess you can call it an opportunity, but you're not you're not using it the way I'm talking about it. Opportunity is illumination. What this show's about? Let's illuminate. Let's light. Let's light this up. Um, so opportunities are: this looks weird. This isn't normal. I don't like this. I'm completely uncomfortable. What do I not know? What can I learn right now? Get excited about the learning rather than convicted in the judgment and. I have said, and I will review again, I think you should always question before punishing or medicating a child. Ask. Don't be afraid to say, that's a nasty word. Where did you learn that? Oh, my gosh. Don't be afraid to say, other people aren't going to like that. You're going to get in trouble. I'm not mad at you. I'm interested. I want to know where you learned that word. What do you even think that means? Why did you just say that? Are you stressed out, or is that just funny? Just Have some empathy. Go to where the child is and join them and learn them. And things would change. Things would change with that child, and things would change with the world. And I really mean that. I'm going to read you, as I've mentioned throughout the show, that there will be some articles, and um, being the first show, I'll get it figured out how these get posted for you, but I want you to have access to them and certainly write my email and ask me. I'd be glad to send you anything. But this was from the Huffington Post, and it was from Marianne Kuzujanikis. Let's hope I pronounced her name right. And this is what she said, which I thought was pretty profound. It was written in April of 2013, and she quoted, in K-12 through classrooms everywhere are children at risk for being... Misunderstood, medically mislabeled, and educationally misplaced. Not limited to one gender, race, ethnic- ethnicity, or socioeconomic group. They could all be anyone's children, the children of your neighbors, your friends, your siblings, and even yourself. She says these at risk children are gifted children. So I thought that was really profound. And as I said, I read through a lot of research material, so it isn't like I'm clinging to one thing, but certain things do stand out and really get your attention. And something else she said that I thought was so profound was this. Special needs classrooms are where a number of gifted children end up. Their giftedness left unsupported. So I think that's really, again, very poignant to hear. And there's another article where in the Medical Daily, Christine Sue talked about bipolar and she talked about the mania and the brilliance and, again, some of that torture of being so brilliant in your highest grandiose moments. But she quoted that geniuses are people who are affected by mental disorders that often lead to bouts of creative energy, don't always consider their moment of brilliance to be worth their suffering. So when you hear that and start to think about, again, I'm combining the two, but I'm asking again to sort of just look into your own life, look into the people you know. If you're a teacher, look at the kids in your classroom and understand that there might be so much more going on, but if they have no help, whatever behavior you see, if they have no help and they have to try to figure out how to behave outside, I mean, they're outside the norm, but they're trying to get acceptance, they're not going to get it. They're behaving outside the norm. They haven't come up with the strategy in their head that tells them what normal is. So every time they get labeled or outcast or punished, their self-esteem collapses. Every time. You know, that's like getting hit by a two-by-four. Like every time you have to stop and think, I just did that crazy little dance and nobody likes me now. Oh, I just tapped my pencil while we were taking our test. I'm in trouble. Oh, I said a swear word. You know, you think about what you did, but people don't like you. That is devastating. So I realized that my sort of solution is only sort of because it's really got to be chosen at the hand of the individuals listening to this show, the individuals in the world, individuals that have the power to make this choice. So do I wish I had a magic wand? and Do I wish someone would give me the power and let me cultivate the greatest potential of children's minds and pay attention? I mean, not just cultivate, start just by paying attention. Um, At home, at school, in life, and then also by bringing them to specialists along with their other medical care. Do I wish I could make that change? Of course. I would absolutely love to. But I cannot. It's not about me. This show's not about me. It's about enlightenment and illumination and, and learning, wisdom, on anything we can to try to do it better. But is there someone you know that maybe could use some attention or cultivation or just a conversation that might lead them to their greatness? So as we close the show, we posed the question we began with. Mental illness versus genius. It's certainly not the only thing we're talking about because it's just a question. We may never know the answer. How can we know the answer? But we're dissecting, which is what I think is important, is the dissection. So the opportunity to find out what's going on with someone and the responsibility to help the outcome. Once you know what's happening with them, you can help them. We have to remove our judgment and anger. And we have to ask questions so we can learn the learning is just critical, right? Wisdom. It's, it's the greatest thing ever in this life. I, you know, I wake up every day just trying to get a little of it somewhere. So wisdom. We grown-ups, we have so much to learn, and we have just as much to learn from an individual with mental illness as we do from a genius. So the wisdom to be better, the wisdom to treat others better, the wisdom to, to give our youth the, the best shot at cultivating whatever's in their brain. That is a starting point. For a positive world change and to move toward wellness, so I think it's really powerful to consider this. I would love to know what you think about this, and I'm going to tell you again: Lindsay L I N Z I two four four at sbcglobal.net. And Illuminating Now is the Facebook address, and for Twitter, you can just do at Illuminating Now or Twitter.com/slash Illuminating Now. Join us next week. I will have a guest, Christopher Hill. Chris is fabulous, fantastic, and brilliant, and he gave up a career in investment banking. And he runs a company that promotes travel across the world while contributing, while giving to charity. So how do you travel in luxury and give back? And so I met him when he planned my vacation with my son, and we went to Thailand and lived a luxurious, fantastic trip. And then we also worked at the orphanage in Phuket. And I learned about Chris's mission and Chris's goals and Chris's plight to make the world a better place. So definitely tune in next week. This is Lindsay Levinson. You're listening to Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. I'm really thrilled to have had this chance to talk with you. And please tune in next week with Chris because I think you will find that he is interesting, stimulating, and I think that he presents some concepts that we don't even know exist in this world with regard to travel and philanthropy. So I look forward to next week. I look forward to connecting with you. I'll look forward to any emails and seeing you on Twitter and Facebook. And in the meantime, you've been listening to Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. You're on the Variety channel at voiceamerica.com. And thank you so much for listening. This has been great.
1: Joining us for Illuminating Now Lindsay's Life Secrets. Please join Lindsay Levinson again next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific week!